Hey, faithful listener, thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries daily podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow spiritually so you can grow personally. Let's grow together by building a consistent Bible reading routine. This is Jen, your host, and today we will be discussing the book of Exodus. Hey, good morning, friends and faithful listeners. Thank you so much for tuning into the P40 Ministries podcast on this beautiful Monday morning. And I hope you guys had a fantastic Thanksgiving and a Thanksgiving weekend and were able to get some good deals, Black Friday shopping, if you like to do that, and we're able to eat some good food and have some time off. And isn't it crazy that we are now in the Christmas season officially? That is just so nuts to me. It is officially Christmas season. <laughs> I mean, I started Christmas a little early. I think you guys noticed because I had my um, Christmas music playing in the podcast a little bit before Thanksgiving, but I purposefully did that because I was getting really, really tired of that old track. But anyway, I I have a really, really horrible thing that I just did. So this is actually my second take for this podcast episode. I completely did the first take and completed the entire episode and was about to edit it. And I deleted the entire thing. The entire 25 minutes of me talking is gone and I could not recover it. So now this is my second time, but this time I'm going to be really well versed on what I'm doing. So... (laughs) Maybe I'll have less editing to do. Okay, so let's go ahead and talk about Exodus chapter 34, verses 1 through 9 today. And this is kind of a continuation of what we talked about on Friday, which was Exodus 33, the last portion of it. So we'll be talking about both of those today. So friends, grab your cup of coffee and your Bible. And let's go ahead and talk about Exodus 34. I'll be reading out the W.E.B. version of the Bible this morning. Yahweh said to Moses, chisel two stone tablets like the first, and I will write on the tablets the words that were on the first tablets, which you broke. Be ready by the morning and come up in the morning to Mount Sinai and present yourself there to me on the top of the mountain. No one shall come up with you or to be seen anywhere on the mountain. Do not let the flocks or herds graze in front of that mountain. He chiseled two stone tablets of stone like the first. Then Moses rose up early in the morning and went up to Mount Sinai, as Yahweh had commanded him, and took in his hand the two stone tablets. Yahweh descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed Yahweh's name. Yahweh passed by before him and proclaimed, Yahweh, Yahweh, a merciful and gracious God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness and truth, keeping loving kindness for thousands, forgiving iniquity and disobedience and sin, and who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and on the children's children on the third and the fourth generation. Moses hurried and bowed his head towards the earth and worshipped. He said, If now I have found favor in your sight, Lord, please let the Lord go among us, even though this is a stiff-necked people. Pardon our iniquity and our sin, and take us for your inheritance. So in order to understand a little bit more of what's happening here, we have to kind of go back to Exodus 33. And I'll be referencing Exodus 33 a handful of times throughout this podcast episode. So Exodus 33, we talked about this on Friday. God was going to show Moses some of his glory. Moses was not allowed to see God's face, even though he had asked for that. He wanted to see God's full glory. 
But God was like, yeah, no way, because you're going to die if you see my full glory. And I can't allow that to happen. So he said, I'm going to let you see some of my glory, but I'm actually going to cover you up. I'm going to pass by you with my full glory. I'm going to put you in a little cave and then I'm going to cover that cave with my hands so you can't see me until after I pass by. And that passing by after God was gone, that was what Moses was allowed to see. So it was kind of like God's after image in a way, or after glory. It was after God had already passed and like the residual glory left behind. A lot of people would translate it as back. So we often think is like of like a back on a person, like my back. But, <laughs> but the more literal translation would be like God's after image, like I had said before. So that was kind of what Moses was allowed to see. He was not really allowed to look at God at all, but was allowed to look at like his glory that was around him. So now we see here in verse one, that God says that it's going to happen. That is the event is going to happen. Moses would be allowed to see God's glory, but first he has to chisel out two more stone tablets. And I really think this is hilarious. It says in verse one, chisel two stone tablets like the first. I will write on the tablets the words that were on the first tablets, which you broke. (laughs) I find that so funny that God like emphasizes which you broke. So one thing that I talked about Moses came down the mountain and he saw the people sinning and having this great big orgy party, worshiping this ridiculous calf that they made. And Moses got angry and he threw the stone tablets that God had made with the Ten Commandments on on them on the ground. So he threw them on the ground. So many people say that, you know, Moses was acting righteously. He was, you know, acting out of righteous anger. And this was like symbolism of the people desecrating the uh, Ten Commandments because they were worshiping the idol. But in my personal opinion, I truly don't believe that Moses was acting out righteously. And maybe he was, I don't know. This is just my personal opinion. But because Moses had an issue with anger, I truly just believe that these were in his hand as he was walking down the mountain. And his anger, he just grabbed the first thing he had, which was the Ten Commandments, and he threw them on the ground. Symbolically, yeah, he did something pretty symbolic. But why would God punish Moses in a sense right here if Moses had acted so righteously? Wouldn't God have just made another bunch of uh, stones and redone it but he tells Moses here that Moses now has to chisel out the stones and has to present them to God (laughs) so it was kind of a punishment because of what Moses had done with the Ten Commandments you know that was something sacred I don't know if Moses should have um, smashed them on the ground or not I could be completely wrong I don't know and actually I would love for you guys to answer that question do you think Moses was right or wrong in smashing the Ten Commandments. I'd love to hear your guys' opinion on that. So go to my website, p40ministries.com slash contact and answer that question for me. Or you can contact me on Facebook as well. But anyway, so uh, Moses had smashed the first bunch of Ten Commandments that God had made. And so God now says, okay, since you broke the first ones, you have to chisel out new ones. So get them done and meet me tomorrow on the top of Mount Sinai. So this would have been a lot of work. I mean, Moses would have, have had to do this by hand. He would have had to chisel these stone um, tablets out so that God could rewrite on them, which by the way, I was wrong. Just to let you guys know, I thought that Moses had to write the Ten Commandments on them, but no, God did in fact write on the second bunch. All Moses had to do was like chisel out the um, stone himself. Uh, Moses does this. He takes some time to chisel out some new stone tablets 
and he has to walk up Mount Sinai with these uh, stones in his hands. Man, Moses must have been jacked. <laughs> he's walking up and down mountains a hundred times. He's got stones in his hands. He's, I mean, man, he had to have been in shape. I mean, I can't even imagine walking up a hill with stones, let alone a mountain. <laughs> But anyway, Moses was supposed to go up to the mountain at daybreak and meet God there at the top of Mount Sinai. And so it says that God tells Moses, don't let anybody go up with you. Don't let Joshua go up with you. Don't even let animals graze at the foot of the mountain. This event is for you and for you only. You're the only person allowed to see my glory. So that's what Moses does. He walks up the mountain with the stone tablets and uh, Moses, I mean, early in the morning. And so then it says that Yahweh descends on the cloud on the top of the mountain and he meets Moses there. So now this is when this event, this special event where Moses is allowed to see God's glory begins to take place in verse six. And I'm sorry, verse five and verse six. It says here, Yahweh descends on the cloud and uh, stood with him there and proclaimed Yahweh's name. Then Yahweh passed by before him and proclaimed. So this is this event when God's goodness was going to pass in front of Moses and God was going to proclaim the name of Yahweh. He was going to proclaim his own name to Moses. So let's go back to Exodus 33 here. Verse, um, let's see, verse 19. And let's uh, look at that. So it says in Exodus 33, 19, it says, God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim Yahweh's name before you. And so that is what God ends up doing here in Exodus 34. Let's see here in verse six, it says Yahweh passed by before him and proclaimed Yahweh, Yahweh, a merciful and gracious God. So that's exactly what God does to Moses. He has all of his goodness pass in front of Moses. And I mean, what an interesting term to use. He's going to let all of his goodness pass in front of Moses. Moses must have needed to see God's goodness at that time. Now, of course, God is always good. And I, I like this because God is proclaiming his goodness here. But yet in verse seven, he talks about in his goodness, he's going to judge people who need judging, basically, is what it says here in verse um, verse 7 of Exodus 34. So while his goodness is passing in front of Moses, he's proclaiming his name. He's proclaiming Yahweh. So he says, Yahweh, Yahweh, a merciful and gracious God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness and truth. Moses just must have needed to hear these words because I mean, think about everything that had just happened. You know, Moses was really busy up on that mountain before, back when we were talking about the building of the tabernacle. Moses was busy up on that mountain, you know, forming a relationship with God. And uh, God was among his people, like literally with his people. And then once the people sinned, God's presence got taken away from the people. God literally left the people after that because his presence couldn't be there with them anymore because they were rebellious. They were not wanting him there. They were sinful. They were looking for other gods. They wanted those Egyptian gods again, you know, because Egyptians back in these days, they worshiped animals like cows and calves and everything else. So they were, the people wanted those old comforts of their old gods. They didn't want God. And so after this great sin happened, God left the people, which was probably the biggest punishment that they had. I mean, yes, God did in fact send a plague to judge the people. And then he left the people. 
which was unfortunately terrible for everybody, even the people who did not sin. It was terrible for Moses. Moses didn't want that. Many of the people didn't want that, but God left the people because he couldn't stay there anymore. So now Moses is once again trying to reform this relationship between God and the people. Moses was an excellent high priest because this is exactly what a high priest was supposed to do because a high priest was supposed to literally intercede for the people. He was supposed to be like an intercessor. So the people, because they were sinning all the time, were not able to get close to God. A high priest was supposed to make sure that he was um, following God's laws and having a good relationship with God so that he could go and ask God to forgive the people when they did these certain sins. Now we find out that high priests were doing the opposite when Jesus came. Uh, They were actually bringing people further away from God. So they were not being good high priests, but Moses was an excellent high priest that was doing exactly what a high priest was supposed to do. Now, nowadays, we, you and I, currently have a high priest. It's Jesus. There's no need for high priests on earth anymore because Jesus is the perfect high priest who does exactly uh, this. He intercedes for us. It says in Hebrews that Jesus is the one who intercedes for our behalf. So when we do something wrong... We can go to Jesus and ask for forgiveness and Jesus will literally go to the father and say, look, that person should be forgiven because I died for them and you know, whatever else. I don't exactly know how it works, but that is what Jesus does. He intercedes for us with the father for you and I personally. So that's what Moses is doing here. So once again, going back to verses six through seven here. God is passing by before Moses, probably covering Moses with his hand because Moses couldn't see God's full glory or he would die. And so um, Moses was in that rock listening to everything God was saying and hearing God's glory. And I don't know exactly what this would be like. I have no clue, but I can't imagine. But God is now saying that he is loving, he is merciful, he is kind, and he is keeping his loving kindness for thousands, forgiving iniquity and disobedience and sin. But for those who are guilty, he will not let them off the hook because that's also good. I mean, we have a judicial system here in the U.S. that is often flawed, but when it's not flawed, it's really good because people get justice. You know, people who are hurting other people get justice for that. You know, serial killers are not allowed to go around killing people constantly. Where's the justice in that? So it's good when that system actually works. So God in his goodness does not let guilty people go unpunished. People who have hurt other people, God doesn't do that. He judges them. And it says here that he will not clear the guilty. He's going to visit the iniquity of the fathers on the children and on the children's children on the third and fourth generation. So I could go off on that for a really long time, but the gist of that, I don't believe that God punishes children who have repentant hearts or anything like that. I do not believe that because we see in first and second Kings that some of the Kings were good, some were bad, and they were all from the line of David. You know, they were all sons and sons and sons and sons of David. And some of the kings were bad and God had to punish them. And some of the kings were good and God blessed them. So we see that. So God does not um, unjustly 
just strike a child down who did nothing wrong. But this is called the sins of the father. I, I don't know if you've ever heard that term, but that basically means that a parent will teach the child to do the wrong thing. The child will teach their children and their children and their children, and it'll just have a snowball effect. So when that happens, God punishes not only the parents that did that, but the children who continue to do that same exact sin over and over and over which is what we also see in first and second Kings when the Kings were learning from their dads to worship other gods and do this and that and whatever else. And God was punishing those children for listening to their fathers and not listening to the law of God, even though they had that law with them. I like that God is declaring his goodness here in all aspects. We don't often think of God punishing people as being good because we don't like punishment. We don't want to hear about punishment. We only want to hear the flowery stuff sometimes. But God punishing people is in fact good because it stops that evil person from continuing to do all this crap to other people. And also it could, you know, when God punishes people, sometimes he does it very gently to get them back on the right track. Sometimes he does it harshly because they need that. I don't know. God is always good, no matter what he chooses to do. And that is what he is declaring here to Moses. And Moses is hearing all of this. So when this finally happens and God's glory passes by Moses, it says that Moses hurries and bows his head towards the earth and worships God. And this is where he says uh, such a fantastic prayer. He says in verse nine, if now I have found favor in your sight, Lord, please let, I mean, come back among us is what he says. He says, even though we are a stiff necked people, pardon our iniquity and our sin and take us for your inheritance. So now Moses is asking God at this point, please come back to us. You know, you, your presence left, but even though they sinned, Please come back, forgive us, and accept us as your sons and daughters once again. It's basically what Moses is asking God. And God, in his loving kindness, of course, does that. And we will see that later on. But this is where we're going to end for today. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And if you do, go to the YouTube channel and subscribe to it. I'll drop a link to that in the bio of this podcast episode so you can navigate over to the P40 Ministries YouTube channel and check it out. And um, also subscribe to it so that you'll never miss one because I'm going to start with my very first episode. (laughs) Okay, it's not that bad. I went back and listened to it. The audio is not good at all and it's poorly edited. But um, that was back when I was recording episodes on my cell phone. But if you want to hear the very first episode that I ever did, definitely subscribe to the YouTube channel and they will be up very, very shortly. But friends and faith listeners, I want to thank you guys so much for hanging on with P40 Ministries and for continuing to listen and to um, support P40 Ministries with everything we are doing. It means a lot and P40 Ministries is continuing to grow because of people like you and I'm very, very appreciative of that. And and thankful that the gospel is being spread to so many people from so many different countries. And it's all thanks to you guys and thanks to God as well. But friends and faithful listeners, have a fantastic rest of your week. Happy listening and God bless.